Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. As a community of believers and in eternity, our lives will count, will matter. We need to have God's divine intervention. Here Joshua is, inspired by the Spirit. He looks up at the sun. He looks at the moon. And he says, stand still. God will do the miraculous so that his people can accomplish his will. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. You're changing our lives so we can be your hands and feet. As Pastor Ed continues his teaching series through the book of Joshua, he'll be exhorting us to get on board with what God is already doing instead of trying to get God on board with what we want to do. Joshua prayed for God to do the miraculous so that the Lord's will would be accomplished. And God honored that prayer. God honors our prayers and may even answer in the miraculous way we pray according to His will and faith. There's nothing more fulfilling than being a part of God's will. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. thinking of peace at any price? No, it should be victory at any cost. God has called us into a battle, a spiritual warfare. And you can see that in the scriptures. The scriptures clearly depict the fact that we have a declaration of war, that we are fighting an enemy. Some Christians get saved And they sit down on the park bench, and they just fall asleep. The Israelites were promised the good land. Joshua was promised that the land belonged to him. Now, that land was his. Did that mean he was going to sit back and say, okay, God, do it? I'll go into the realtors, and I'll get the deed, and it'll all be... No, no, they had to go in. Step by step, they fought, they battled. The promises are yours, freely given. But yet, you have to fight for them. You have to battle for them. It's so important that we recognize that. Now, as soon as you make progress in the kingdom of God, you know what happens? As soon as you make a declaration of war and you start going forward in Christ, guess what? It's going to stir up a hornet's nest. In chapter 9, chapter 10, and chapter 11 of Joshua, there's something that happens in the beginning of every single one of those chapters. The kings of the surrounding uh, nations in the promised land hear about the progress that the people of God are making. And all of a sudden, they rally together and come against the Israelites. As soon as you make a determined stance and you declare war against sin, the world, the flesh, the devil, Satan is going to marshal his forces to try and hinder and stop you. Be assured of that. If you don't have conflict, 
then something's wrong. If you're not fighting with an enemy, then you may not be in the battle. You may be in the prison house. In Joshua, I notice that all of a sudden, they make a strategy. They hear that the Gibeonites have made a covenant with the Israelites, and so they decide to come against them. Isn't it amazing how when a person gets saved, all of a sudden their relatives get all upset? Now, start reading your Bible, start coming to church, start praying, start talking about Jesus, and all of a sudden, he's becoming a fanatic. She's gone out of her mind. They slipped off the edge. Now, if you were hanging out at the bar, they wouldn't say anything. You know, if you were hanging out and you were getting drunk, they'd say, ah, he's just having a good time. But start serving the Lord, and old Beelzebub stirs up the host, and they come against you. Get saved and start sharing your testimony at work, and it's like you have committed the unpardonable sin in the world's eyes. Hey, don't bring that religion in here. See, there's a spiritual battle going on. What's instigating people? What's motivating them? What's creating that opposition? It's the adversary. But notice this. They declared war. They made a declaration of war. But they were dedicated to their word. They were dedicated to their word. Joshua had given his word to the Gibeonites, even though they had created that covenant out of deception. The Israelites were deceived. The Gibeonites said, we're from far off. They came with a disguise as though they had traveled miles and miles and days upon days. But here they were a neighboring country in the land of Canaan. But Joshua honored his word. Something happens in the heart of a believer when he comes into contact with the faithful God of all creation he begins to look like his heavenly father faith creates faithfulness in our lives you can't sever faith from faithfulness a person or a man or woman of faith will be a person of faithfulness it's tied together the depth of our relationship to God can be measured by our dependability. Our faith in this God is expressed through our faithfulness to God. Faithfulness will be characteristic of those who have a strong faith and a commitment to God. You know, it was Lord Nelson who was a great admiral in the English Navy. And they were fighting on the Nile against the French. And as they were in this battle, one of uh, the flag captains said to him, If we succeed, what will the world say? Nelson replied, If. There's not an if in this case. We shall succeed. We are in a battle. And it's not if we succeed, we shall succeed. The last mention of Satan in the Bible is found in Revelation chapter 20. And the last you see him, he's being thrown into the lake of fire for all eternity to suffer for all of his atrocities and all the things that he has done to humanity. We will succeed, church. Amen. 
There is a spiritual conflict. But not only is there a spiritual conflict, there is a spiritual confrontation. I don't like confrontation. I'd like to avoid it at all possible. But if you're in the Lord's army, there will be a spiritual confrontation. In Matthew eleven twelve, it reads this. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and forceful men lay hold of it. Yes, a spiritual confrontation. There's a clash between God's people and the powers of darkness. We want to be loved by the world instead of bringing the world to the lover of their soul. We want to be accepted by the world instead of getting the world to accept God's standard. There's a battle going on in the spiritual realm, and we must be forceful. We must be willing to confront the powers of darkness. There must be a determined effort. In Joshua 10, verses 7, 9 to 10, it gives a picture of the Israelites going a long distance to fight a battle. They're going to go a great distance to fight and rescue the Gibeonites. They're actually going to go 10 miles, 20 miles, and all up terrain. In this chapter is an incredible balance of our part and God's part. Man's free will, God's sovereignty, the natural and the supernatural. We must put forth an effort. In Strasbourg, Germany, during the Second World War, in one of the churches, there was an explosion, and the statue of Christ was hardly touched. But when they looked closer at the statue, they noticed that the hands of Christ were broken off. And so they were going to repair it, but when the church members got together, they decided not to. They said, because we are his hands. God expects us to be his hand extended to this world, his mouthpiece to declare the gospel message to this world. There's a poem that I came across. It says, men of integrity. God give us men. The time demands strong minds, great hearts, true faith and willing hands, men whom the lust of office does not kill, men whom the spoils of office cannot buy, men who possess opinions and a will, men who have honor, men who will not lie, men who can stand before a demagogue and contemn his treacherous flatteries without winking. Tall men, sun-crowned men, who live above the fog in public duty and in private thinking. God, give us men and women of God. Men and women who will stand up for what's right, who will be soldiers of the cross, who will recognize that Christianity isn't merely a way to escape this world. It's a way to engage this world and transform this world by the power of the gospel. Yes, a determined effort. This spiritual confrontation comes through a determined effort. 
We're hand in hand, heart in heart, soul in soul. We march forward to do the will of God, and we are determined to pray. We are determined to fast. We are determined to witness. We are determined to study. We are determined to be the men and the women of God that God has called us to be. He has called us the ecclesia, the called out ones. We've been called out of the world so we may impact the world. Now I know in all of our efforts, as noble as they are, they're never enough. We need divine intervention. What a miraculous intervention. In Joshua 10.8, God gives a word of encouragement. Again and again, we have heard the voice of God. Again and again. When you march forward in the center of his will, God will give you a confirmation in your heart. He'll lift the Bible text and place it in your soul. He'll send someone along the way that confirms what he's been saying to you. God gives us encouragement. Haven't you found it that way, saint? Haven't you found it that way, believer? When you've gone through the difficult time, when you face the storms and the trials, and God has come alongside of you, and he's lifted you up, he came to Joshua, and he said, Joshua, don't worry about a thing. I'm there with you. I'm going to give you the victory, Joshua. Now, God's supernatural intervention. Hasn't God intervened in your life? And I just remember how God spoke to me when we were in Wilmington. And God prepared me to come here to Poughkeepsie. It was God's supernatural intervention where I received a prophetic word from a number of sources that this was the direction, and they didn't know. But God said, you're going to a church, and there's a school there, and you're going to go forward. And I remember in that prophetic word that we would never lack money, that God would provide for us, and that we were going to touch multitudes. I'm so grateful for the confirmations. I'm telling you that God has a plan for each of us as a community of believers, and in eternity, our lives will count, will matter. We need to have God's divine intervention. Here Joshua is, inspired by the Spirit. He looks up at the sun. He looks at the moon, and he says, stand still. God will do the miraculous so that his people can accomplish his will. He'll do the supernatural in your life and in my life. Go back over the journal of your life. Take out the pages of the past. And I'm sure if you recorded them, you could remember God's intervention here, and then God's intervention here, and then God's intervention here. I enjoy talking to my father-in-law because he reflects back on nearly his 80 years of life, and he thinks back. And in wonder, he remembers how God supernaturally led him. He said, I could never have planned my life out myself. God supernaturally intervenes. He gives us words of encouragement. Now, I just love the Bible text. I love what it says in the scriptures. 
That word of encouragement in verse 8, don't be afraid of them. I've given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to stand against you. That's what God says to Joshua. And then it says, uh, all of Israel fled from before them. And then God sent a rain of hailstorms. And more of those people were killed by the hailstorm than were killed by the sword. God was saying, through this event, that he is the one that secures victory in our lives. He is the one that secures victory in our lives. Supernaturally, we can do all that we can. But unless God's anointing and God's presence and God's power is there, nothing will happen. See, God is a God who listens to prayer. The Israelites in captivity cry out in their oppression, and God hears them, and he sends Moses a deliverer. Jabez prays that incredible prayer, bless me, O God, and God hears him. That dying thief in that last moment, that last hour, cries out to God, and God hears them. You came and received Jesus Christ and prayed the sinner's prayer, and God heard you. He has not stopped hearing the cry of his people. He has not stopped hearing the cry of his church. He listens to the supplication of the saints who pray to him. Hallelujah. Beloved, nothing has changed on God's part. He's the same. The last point, quickly, spiritual conquest. You were made to be a conqueror. You were made to be victorious. In Romans 16, 20, Paul the, rather, in Romans 8, 37, it says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, I, I love what Joshua does. Five of these kings are shut up in a cave. They went to hide there. And so Joshua says, roll a rock there. At the end of the war, he says, take the rock out. And he brings these five kings out. And he makes them lie on the ground. And he says to the captain of his host, he says to his commanders, now I want each one of you to come and put your neck, your shoe on the neck of those kings. You know, I think there's an important spiritual lesson there. We have to expose those things that try and reign over us. Pride tries to push Christ off the throne of our heart and reign there instead. Take pride out. And by the authority of Jesus, take that pride and put your foot on it. And in the name of Jesus, crush it. Lust creeps up again and again. Call him out of that cave. Don't let him hide in that dark place. Put your foot on that lust. And in the name of Jesus, conquer him. See, in Romans 16, 20, I love Romans 16, 20. It says this, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. God will crush Satan under your feet. He calls and says, bring out that king of anger that would try and dominate your life. Oh, I have so many reasons to be angry. No, no, no. Let it be under your foot. Crush it. Take out worry. 
whatever it may be, and by the power of Jesus Christ, crush those things. Now he does something else. See, the enemy is being defeated in your life more and more and more. I've been saved nearly 32 years now, over 32 years. And I'll tell you, I've come a long way in 32 years. Many of you have been saved a number of years. You're not the same person you were. You may be not where you want to be, but you're changing from one glory to another glory to another glory, from one faith to another faith to another faith, onward Christian soldier marching us to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. See, we're going forward in Christ. I love what he does. He exterminates them. He just kills them. What does the Bible talk about? Destroying the works of the flesh. And here, in this text, he kills every one of the kings. He doesn't spare them. Listen, declare war on sin in your own life. Declare war on those things that rise up and try and captivate you and sidetrack you from doing the will of God. Now, the Bible text says that the sun stood still. Never was there going to be a day like that again. You know, we sing some old gospel songs. I, I don't think we have sung them here, but one of them is, my latest son is sinking fast. My race is nearly run. There's another one that says, life's evening sun is sinking low. A few more days, then I must go and meet the deeds I have done, for there there will be no setting sun. Uh, the idea is that our time is limited here. There was an artist, and he was teaching young artist, how to paint. And they were up on a beautiful hillside, and there was a, a barn there and the setting sun. And they were all trying to capture the beauty and the radiance of the sun. And the artist went from one canvas to another to another, and then he stopped at one and said, Son, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm just trying to get the shutters on the barn perfect. He said, what? The sun will soon be set, and you'll have missed its beauty. You're not here for the shutters. You're here to capture the beauty of the sun. Some of us are so busy putting shingles on the barn, we're forgetting that the sun is setting. God has given us a time to work. And when the sun is set and we're on the other side, we won't have another hour. God didn't call us to struggle through the Christian life in defeat. He called us to walk in triumphant victory. And you'll never accomplish the will and the purposes of God locked in the prison house of defeat. God calls you out of it to be more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Maybe you're putting the shingles on the barn. God has called you to be a victorious Christian. There is a conflict, and you must declare war. If you're on the Lord's side, you must be dedicated to your word. You said one day to Jesus, Jesus, you're Lord of my life. That meant everything and anything. 
you must be willing to confront the adversary. We want to encourage you to share this message with your friends and family. We know that God's Word never returns void. We've made it really simple. Visit buildinginfaithradio.com and click on today's date. Then you can share today's message on your Facebook page and Twitter feed, or even download a copy to share. Again, that's all available at buildinginfaithradio.com. To learn more about Building in Faith, or to get a free copy of today's teaching, simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. That's buildinginfaithradio.com. Although Building in Faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It is our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for Worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching verse by verse through the book of Joshua, right here on Building in Faith. Your word